0: Welcome back. It's house fire. I hope you guys are, are already fired up. You've been worshiping. You've been uh, already praying over one another and that we are going to continue our series. Ready, set, go. And in uh, you know, the spirit of last week of Get Set Apart, I have uh, cut away all of my, my hair. This is how I, I, I usually look. I've just been been lazy with not cutting my hair so um but we're going to continue today we're in our series ready set go last week was joshua 5 right get set apart and we talked about the consecration of the lord that that jesus has already set us apart at the cross that he has already circumcised the old heart from us that it actually doesn't it's not actually even connected to us any longer even though sometimes we feel like it is, right? We feel the illusion that this old heart is still attached to us in some way. And uh, we obviously still experience this idea that the sinful nature is still here, even though it has been removed by Jesus. And we're in the process of renewing our minds, right? We need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds as we come to the realization, the reality of Christ, that it has already been done, finished, complete. Come on, somebody, let's go. Before we move on, I want you to keep in mind that as we read the book of Joshua, As we talk about the promised land, and I know I've said this before, but I want you to keep this in mind. The purpose of the book of Joshua is to attain rest for his people. Rest is the end goal, right? The Bible starts at rest and it ends at rest and everything in between is restoration. We need to approach this book and the gospel with that in mind. Rest is the end goal. Returning to our rest, right? So, uh, today is part three of this series, Ready, Set, Go, and really, it should go, right? We went, get ready, we went, get set apart, and today should be go, right? It should be go, but it's not, because as we look in the book of Joshua, there was what we call a setback. It was, get ready, get set apart, setback. Now what? Now what do we do, right? What do we do when the setbacks come? It's like, yes, we've been set apart. We've been consecrated with the Lord. But yet these these setbacks that happen in life, we're still in this world where we are being sanctified and our minds are being renewed to our reality. And we fall short sometimes of of walking into the fullness of that reality, right? Right. It's not that the reality isn't available to us, but we fall short of it sometimes. So what do we do? How do we respond in these moments of setback? Um, and uh, I don't know, be, you know, before we dig into Joshua, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to dig into this story of how it, how it progresses, but I don't know if you guys remember uh, in, in 2020, right? Last year, it was, a, it was a crazy year. I mean, we had, uh, you know, racial tensions, we had COVID, and then we had the infamous entanglement scandal of will smith and jada smith the internet had a field day with this scandal and basically what had happened was is that jada had a um a, a talk show called uh, red table talks right and it's basically where she would air out her family's dirty laundry almost so that's kind of what it felt like and so there was this period of time in will and jada's life where they actually separated right they needed to work on themselves they needed to work on their marriage so they separated for a period of time or so the story goes and during this separation during this separation what had happened was in jada smith's words she says so i got into an entanglement with august and I don't know if you guys have seen the, the the remix videos. People love to take these quotations from from you know these pop scandals and turn them into remixes. There was an entanglement with August and Will Smith is sitting there during this interview and he's like, "Entanglement." Is that, is that what we're calling it now? Right? Is that, is that what we have reduced this to? No, it was a relationship. And really when you look at it, entanglement as it's being used in this situation is really just another word for sin, right? In her own words, she says, it had just been so long since I had felt good. And I think, this is kind of what sin does in our lives. It's not that we are sinners, but we still have the ability to sin, right? We still have the ability to believe a lie that this thing is going to make me feel good. So if I go after this thing, then, you know, it's, it, I just, I just wanted to feel good, right? Right? And we've all been there. We all we all know this. And it's not that like Jesus is not holding these things over our head saying, you remember this? You remember this? You remember this? Right. He's not holding these things against you, but he's saying, do you know who you are? Do you know your true identity and that these things will not truly bring you satisfaction? So now that we understand what entanglement means, and we have just lost about five minutes of our lives on some internet scandal that we will never get back. I apologize, guys, but let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to the book of Joshua, taking the promised land, ready, set, go. You guys ready? Okay. So after being set apart, right? The children of Israel, they're ready to move forward, and uh, Joshua receives the battle plans to take Jericho, right? Jericho is the first city. It is the a fortified city with high walls, and it is the first city that the Israelites have to take in order to enter into the Promised Land and begin to conquer and develop and take territory, right? You guys with me? And you know, a lot of us know the story, right? Uh, they, they marched around the city. Uh, for seven days, right so on uh, for six days, they marched around the city one time, and then on the seventh day, the Lord tells them to march around the city for seven times, and at the end of the seventh time, they blow their trumpets, everybody yells in praise of the Lord, and the walls of Jericho come crumbling down and uh, i don 't know if you guys remember, but Rahab was the one who who allowed the spies uh, of, of Israel to come in and 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 kind of take a view at Jericho and she hid them in their in her house and because of this she made a covenant with the Lord that 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 she would would tie a red rope from her window and kind of like the the Passover lamb right like they put blood on their doorpost so that the the angel of death would pass over and in the same way uh Rahab tied a red uh a rope to her window as a sign as a covenant that the Lord would not destroy her home, that she actually lived in the wall of the city and the entire city wall came down except for the area where Rahab lived. I mean, come on, this is really good. Fun fact. Did you know that the prostitute Rahab who helped Israel later became King David's great, great grandmother, that she was actually in the family line of Judah and that, that we know that, um, that Jesus came from the paternal family line of Judah, right? He is the Lion of Judah. And it's just interesting that God uses these broken people throughout the Bible, right, to actually become in his family line, in his lineage. It's beautiful, Okay, so make sure you guys have your Bibles. You already know it's time to get into some scripture. Have your word ready. We're going to be in Joshua 6. We're going to start in verse 15. I'll give you guys a second. Joshua 6, verses 15. That's where we're going to start today. And I'm also going to put it on the screen for you very conveniently. Technology is awesome. Come on. So verse 15 on the 7th day, this is Joshua 6, on the 7th day, right? They marched around 6 t- six days in a row, and on the 7th day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city 7 times in the same manner. Now it's 7 times on one day. Except that on that day they circled the city 7 times. The 7th time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, "Shout!" For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. This is a key phrase. All these items that are in the city are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall be spared. Because she hid the spies we sent, but keep away from the devoted things, right? The treasure, the gold, these items that have value that look really shiny and nice. They look, they might look good in your house on your bookcase somewhere, but don't touch them because they are devoted to the Lord. This is like a first fruit. This is the first city that they're taking. It's like, no, this city is the Lord's and these treasures are going to go into um, his his vault, his, his bank, his treasure. Right. Um, so, uh, let's see, but keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Keep in word, Keep in mind that word trouble. Okay. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Man, that's Joshua 6, 15 through 19. So basically... Basically, I mean, if we were going to put it in, you know, today's terms, basically God is saying, don't get entangled with the treasure of Jericho. This is set apart for me. This goes into my treasury. Don't get entangled with these things that look shiny, that look nice, that might look nice in your house, right? Don't get lured away. Everybody say, don't get entangled. Come on, no entanglements, right, in our lives. Don't get entangled. But too late, someone got entangled. Someone got entangled, tempted, lured away by the silver and gold. Everybody say, who was it? Come on, everybody say, who was it? Who was it? Uh, I want you to read with me. This is Joshua 7, verse 1, okay? Now, uh, this is after they have, you know, taken Jericho. And here's the next chapter, uh, Joshua 7, verse 1. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, or Achan, I like to say Achan. Everybody go Achan. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. So what happens? Okay. The Lord says, don't touch this stuff. Don't get entangled. Right? Someone gets entangled. What happens? It brings destruction. It brings about trouble. Now, what do you think Echan's, Echan, what do you think his name means? That's right. It means trouble. It means trouble. And, and I think it's just interesting how the Bible uses names specifically to mean certain things. It's like what, what we call ourselves is important, right? What we name ourselves or what the things that we refer to our title, these things are important because uh, they, they, they tell of the attributes of who we actually are. And Khan, his name was trouble. Okay. So what happens? Israel goes to take the next city, which is I. AI, not artificial intelligence, but I, and I, they go to take this, this city and they're confident, right? They saw what happened in Jericho. They're like, man, the Lord broke down the walls. We just swarmed in and took the city. We're just going to send about 2000 or 3000 people down to I, no problem. The Lord is with us. We don't even need to send our whole army. And that's what they do. They send them over there, but the Lord is not with them because they have taken in some of the devoted items and uh, so they sent this three thousand and 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 Eye begins to uh, surround them, and it says that they rout them, that they actually kill 36, um, 36 soldiers of the Israelites. And uh, in verse six, Joshua uh, hears this news. Right? He says that 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 then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the Ark of the Lord, and remaining there till evening. Right? He's in mourning. He's in grief. He's he's trying to make sense of this, Lord. You have taken us out of the promised land. You have given us Jericho and now we go against I and you're not with us. What's going on? Why is this happening? I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. You experience a victory in your lives and you're like, yes, we're victorious and the Lord is with us, right? And then all of a sudden uh, we get to go and do something on our own strength and we realize, oh my goodness the Lord's not with me in this, in this thing. I'm actually trying to pursue this in my own strength and the Lord is not with me. One of the things that I realized is that the moments when there were mistakes made were were moments when they did not consult with the Lord, where they did not look for his advice step by step of the way, right? It's like they take Jericho and they didn't even consult with the Lord about how many men to send into I, Right to take the city, or to even question, Lord, are are you with us? Lord, are you with us in this next city? Right, and it's not until that destruction comes upon them that all of a sudden there's trouble, there's tension, there's a little bit of uh, friction there. Right, that there's that that all of a sudden now it's like now we go to the Lord after the fact, rather than being proactive, right, as we should be. I see that throughout the story. That the moments when they are not proactive about consulting with the Lord about how to move forward is when uh, they, they suffer loss or they suffer setbacks, right? This is how the setbacks happen. So this is basically what God says to Joshua back. Joshua was like, why? And the Lord is like, there has been an entanglement. Somebody has been entangled with the the devoted items, right? Someone has taken treasure, set apart for my purpose. And then we get to verse 13. God says, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. You cannot proceed in taking the promised land. I want to be with you. I want to take this land. I prepared this land for you. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you, but until you, you remain entangled in these things, we cannot move forward. It was supposed to be get ready, get set apart. Now go take the land and consult with me along the way. But instead it's get ready, get set apart, get set back, and now get set apart again. So when the setbacks come, it means that we have to repeat the same thing over and get set apart. Consecrate yourselves again. This is what the Lord is saying to to the children of Israel, right? This is his response to Joshua. Get set apart again. We need to do this over again. I don't think you realize of how involved I want to be in this process of you taking your promised land. I need you to consult with me along the way. When I say don't touch the devoted things, when I say to, to stay away from this, don't get entangled in this, I, I mean it. This is what the Lord is saying, right? We have to count the cost and realize like, no, we are actually at battle right now in our community, taking territory, planting house churches, right? Raising up leaders, coaching people into their destiny. And in order to do that, we cannot be entangled in these things that will hinder us and hold us back. Because then we have to get set apart again, right? The renewing of our mind that we that we understand is the process of sanctification that we are in with the Lord, right? It's already been done. We have already been sanctified, but we are also being sanctified in the renewing of our mind that as we walk into the reality of Christ. And the more that we get entangled in the illusion of sin, the, the illusion of temptation, the more that we get entangled in these things, that actually hinders us from walking into the reality. Reality is where it's at. I want to live in reality. I don't know about you guys, but I want to live in the reality of Christ. He is my reality. So remember, as I said earlier, the purpose of the promised land was rest. It's the whole intention, the whole reason that the, the children of Israel are in this process, the same reason that you are in the process that you are in is rest. He has rest prepared for you, right? And the promised land is not only a future thing for us to uh, keep hope of, right? That we get to be with the Lord and rest with him in the complete restoration of humanity, the complete restoration of heaven and earth. And, but but also like, part of the promised land is right here, right now. Like when we get to be with the Lord later, like there's no Canaanites, there's no battles or cities to take. It's like, no, it's done, it's complete. But right here, right now, there are battles to face. There is land to take, there's territory to take with the Lord. Remember, the end goal of the promised land is rest. Restoration has always been God's plan. But restoration, catch this, restoration without without obedience means lots of setbacks. Even Jesus said to his disciples, how long must I put up with this unbelieving and perverse generation? All throughout the book of Joshua, they forget to consult with God all throughout. And it's like, I don't want to make those same mistakes. I think the Lord is, is kind of saying, Hey, you're taking promised land right now. You're taking territory and learn from this situation that we don't have to be set back. We can get ready, get set apart and go and go and go and consult with him along the way that we don't actually have to get entangled. We don't have to deal with entanglement. It's a choice. It's a choice. If you find yourself entangled in sin, just know that it's like, hey, you, can, you don't have to deal with this. This is not a reality of the Christian life to continue in, in entanglement. So let's look at this from a New Covenant, New Testament standpoint. We're gonna go into the book of Hebrews and we're gonna start in Hebrews four and then we're gonna go to Hebrews 12, okay? So catch this. Therefore, this is Hebrews 4, verse 6, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, what is it? (laughs) Right? He's talking about rest, the promised land. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. They failed to enter into the rest of the promised land because of disobedience and I'm not saying that we are walking a tightrope with the Lord. I think that we are walking a highway with the Lord. The narrow road is not a tightrope. It is a highway, but it is intentional. And we need to understand that like, hey, when the Lord says move, we should move. When the Lord says, hey, that's not for you. Just say it's not for you. When the, when the Lord says, hey, this is safe and this is okay. Go and take this land, go and take this territory, then go. When he says, hey, it's time to put yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice and allow me to renew your mind, then you should do that. We need to practice this idea of listening to his voice, sitting and listening and being obedient and yielding to the direction of Holy Spirit, right? It's not that he wants to micromanage our lives, but he has a purpose and a plan. So why not consult with your Papa? Why not consult with Dad and say, Dad, what do you think about this? How should I approach this? What strategy should I take? What what warnings or things do you want to bring up to me now before I actually get to them? He's so good, he wants to reveal these things to you. And Hebrews 12, verses one and two. Therefore, (laughs) I love how all these scriptures, they start with, therefore. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. Some translations say endurance, right? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Come on, he's the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher, the pioneer and the perfecter. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on, how many guys know that you are seated in Christ right now in heavenly places? This is a mystical thing that we have to understand that not only are you sitting in your chair or standing somewhere, but you are also seated in Christ, right? Everywhere your feet are planted, there Jesus is also. Come on. So here's what I want you to think about and talk about. What hinders? What entangles you? What shiny things do you think maybe will make you feel good, but will actually only weigh you down? It's like, what can't I take into the promised land? These items can't go with me as I enter into my destiny. And the same thing is throw it off, right? And here's the thing, there's over and over again, there's this idea of put it off, throw it off in the Bible, right? In the New Testament, Paul writes about it all the time. Put this off. We have to understand they're external things. They are not the actual identity of who you are. Just because you may be entangled in sin, they are external. They are not within you. Your identity is no longer sinner. That's why when sin gets on us or entangles us, we're like, I can't actually move with the Lord. Because my identity is to run with, the, with God, but, right, but if I'm entangled and I have these things on me, I need to throw them off. Throw them off. They are not who you are. Right? And your new nature, right? The divine nature of the Holy Spirit that is now within you is actually working within you to to realize, oh my goodness, this thing is weighing me down. I don't need this. I can't take the promised land if I'm holding on to these things. And the next question is what is the race marked out for you? Right? What hinders? What entangles? But what is the race marked out for you? What is your unique race? What is your group race? Right? With your tribe of people, your house. You guys are in a race together. You're in a relay race that when one person gets tired, you get to take the next leg of the race. Right? What is the race marked out for you? Persevere. Right? What hinders and what entangles? Throw it off. What is the race marked out for you? Persevere. Keep going. Have endurance in this lean on Jesus, right? He's the perfecter and the pioneer. He is a both sides. He will help you finish and complete this. Come on. As we follow Jesus, I need you guys to understand um, just like how Jesus had joy, right? It's for the joy set before him that he would endure the cross that we need to have joy in this. We need to have joy. Like if we're not having fun and enjoying this process, like what's the point? The Lord wants wants you to realize that there is joy through this. There is joy on the other side of every battle. There is a celebration on this on uh, uh, with every sacrifice. There is a celebration. Come on, victory is complete, and rest is the goal. I want you guys to keep this in mind. Remember this right now. Joy through the battle. Victory is complete. And rest is the end goal. Rest is the end goal. Come on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you. That you're a good dad. That you won't leave us or forsake us. That the promised land is for us. That you walk with us.